Welcome to Lost in Twin Peaks. Today's episode is Season 3, Part 11, In the Weeds. What order do the events take place in? Uh, who are the characters we see? What are their rankings and all of that? How are they kind of panning out in terms of screen time in the overall show? And uh, also uh, talking about Coffee Pine Donuts, all three of which p- feature uh, pretty notably, particularly the pie in this episode. The order of events in this episode, I think we're split over three days. Tuesday, September 27th is when Miriam crawls out of the woods. I don't think it makes sense for her to still be alive a day later, uh, crawling out, you know, after bleeding and crawling from that trailer without any food and all of her injuries. I think this has to be a few hours after Richard beat her up. This is the one event that takes place on Tuesday in this episode. Wednesday, September 28th is when we see Becky chasing Stephen and then the Briggs at the diner that night, and Bobby and the traffic incident. So all the Briggs stuff, logically, I think, has to take place on Wednesday, September 28th. Thursday, September 29th is the rest of the episodes. That's Gordon and the FBI, you know, going down to the location where Hastings was, where Hastings dies, and seeing the vision, seeing Ruth's body, discussing all that at the police office, and then also all the Las Vegas stuff, Cooper's running with the Mitchums. The one odd little hang-up is it's definitely Wednesday night, according to the news, when they find out about uh, the Dougie and Ike stuff. But when do they call Bushnell and set up that meeting? That I'm not 100% sure about. And how does Bushnell have the time to figure out that the arson was fake and get that $30 million check cut? I mean, that's a big check to cut. There may be a little fudging around this, but I do think it's meant to take place the next day, the day after they've found out about this whole scam or plot or whatever against them. A few minor one-off characters are introduced this episode, the pianist, the hunting family, and the sick family. Gersten Hayward is back. Now this is impressive. 33 entries after her last appearance in episode 8, the season 2 premiere, when she was a young girl in a fairy costume playing piano to accompany the Hayward Supper Club. So seeing her again, huddling with Stephen down in that apartment building, quite a fall. Who's returning to the show after four or more episodes of absence? Red is back five episodes after his last appearance in part six, in which he was tormenting Richard during a drug deal with a seemingly magical coin toss. Phil Bisbee is back, also last seen part six, when he was assisting the new black-clad Cooper around the office for the second day in a row. Maggie Brown is back five episodes after her last appearance in part six, explaining to an obstinate Chad why the sheriff's wife was so difficult. And then Jesse Holcomb, same thing, part six, last seen sitting next to Chad in the sheriff's office while that wife drama unfolded. Al the limo driver is back seven episodes after his last appearance in part four, when he was seen driving Cooper home from the Silver Mustang with his sack of cash. Lady Slots Addict is back seven episodes after her last appearance in part four. Now she is, you know, looking much better. Last time we saw her, she was looking very down and out as she hit several jackpots with Cooper's assistance. Ruth Davenport is back, or at least the corpse of Ruth Davenport is back, ten episodes after her last appearance in part one, when she was just seen as a severed head. Now we see the other part of the body. As far as the character rankings go, number ten in this episode is Diane with about six minutes. You know how good a cigarette would taste with this coffee. Number nine is Becky with about six minutes. Steven, I know you're right there! Number eight is Mackley with six minutes. Oh my god! Number seven is the pianist with seven minutes, including him playing in the background because he's making those sounds. I included that as screen time, which is maybe cheating a little. Number six is Shelly with seven minutes. Bobby, she's got a gun! Number five is Bobby with about eight minutes. From now on, if he ever touches you or breaks the law in any way, I'm gonna bring him down. Number four is Albert with about eight minutes. Maybe some warm milk. For the cat. On the roof, 
Number three is Gordon with about nine minutes. Dirty bearded men in a room. Number two are the Mitchums. They've got about 13 minutes. Jerry Pie! So following up on the last episode, just very Mitchum's heavy episodes. And this time, number one is Cooper with 17 minutes, and all of them are Dougie. Damn good. There's no Mr. C in this episode. There's no other incarnations of Cooper. Just the Dougie Coop in Las Vegas. In terms of successive episodes with prominent screen time, who's on a hot streak? Well, this is the Mitchum's second episode in a row with over five minutes. But this episode ends the recent run of the band's collective two in a row, where uh, all the Roadhouse groups, if you added them all up, um, or really, I guess you don't have to add them up because there's usually only one per episode, they uh, had two in a row where they had over five minutes, and that's done now. Cooper, of course, has more than five minutes in every episode, so here he is, again, over five minutes. But it is interesting that now the Mitchums have this little streak going. There's a good solid amount of coffee, pie, and donuts in this episode particularly pie i think has its shining moment of the series here first of all we see a lot of coffee mugs and donuts on display at the diner unsurprisingly uh, when shelly races off there's also some coffee at the table for the briggs later when they're all sitting around discussing their family drama norma's pouring some coffee interestingly when uh, bobby exits the diner we can see a sign behind him i'm not sure if we saw it in an earlier episode but this is the first time i noticed it it lists all three items coffee pie and donuts as specialties at the diner now of course that's striking to me because i just had the opportunity to go to the real diner tweeds in uh, north bend recently and they do not have donuts on the menu which i was disappointed to find so i just had to settle for the pie and the coffee but in this world it serves all three. Albert talks about coffee and milk, oddly enough, with uh, Gordon at the police station, and it seems to me like he's speaking in code, trying to get Gordon to understand that they can't talk in front of Diane, but Gordon's just not getting it. I'm not sure what's going on there. Gordon calls the coffee and the donuts when they arrive the policeman's dream, quoting Cooper back in the pilot episode of season one. Phil lures Dougie into Bushnell's office with coffee, which is hilarious. He's just walking backwards holding a big tray of coffee, and Dougie Cooper's stumbling forward like a Frankenstein monster, his arms outstretched, reaching for the coffee, and that's how he kind of lures him into the office and controls him, which is pretty funny. And he gives Bushnell and Dougie both cups of coffee. Candy's pouring coffee for the Mitchum's breakfast. And then, of course, we get to the big deal. The one certain thing that saves Cooper's life that's inside the box that Mike, the one-armed man, lures him into Simon's to procure is cherry pie of course it's the pie that does the job and then they're all obsessed and in love with pie so they go to the italian restaurant and they all order cherry pie which is an odd thing to get especially i'm not sure they've even eaten i think maybe they've eaten and they cut that part out while they were talking about the gym set and now we're on to dessert but i like the idea they just went there and were like pies pies for everybody you know <laughs> candy cuts up the slices gives them to mitchum the mitchums and dougie and people thought this would wake cooper up finally oh this is going to be the moment finally that's it for this episode please rate review and subscribe on Apple Podcasts. You can also support this work on patreon.com slash lost in the movies. Tomorrow we conclude this week on part 11 with the archive. Not only a piece I wrote, but also a podcast appearance I made at the time. I'll play clips of that. And then we're going to peek ahead to part 12 at the end of that episode. Uh, very tentatively talking about what we see at the beginning of that episode there. See you then.